Welcome to another fun coffee. Coffee with Clavi. Yes, so I come to you back off a weekend spent off the grid with La Famiglia, and uh, this has brought me um, some new perspective or ideas. So idea number one. I know you guys are going to hate me for this, but... Keurigs and coffee machines, they do have a place. I know, it's depressing, but... I mean, sad to say, not sad to say, just... I have come to terms now that no matter what I do, right, and how much I enjoy coffee and the AeroPress, the pour-over French press or whatever, you know, whatever brewing technique. The brewing method technique, whatever you want to call it, that is in fact most common is the machine, the machine one, right? Whatever your coffee machine looks like, Mr. Coffee, whatever, the um, also known as drip, which you would get at pretty much any coffee shop. And I have to reevaluate my methods for sharing coffee. Because what has happened, and this has happened a few times now with uh, family events, is there is always a coffee machine. But, but, like, oh, I'll just do a coffee, you know, tasting. Uh, so while I can do coffee tastings, I can also do serving coffee on these um, coffee machines or have it pre-ground and then uh, serve coffee like that. So that was a um, note I've taken because it's, um, let's see... Probably about third family function or so where I've brought coffee. I did my first tasting for them last year at the forum, and this will be the this was the second time. And yes, I think to make coffee as available to people, having right some amount pre ground for whatever, and then use that as the coffee, and then sure it's going to be made in the drip, but it should taste different, right? It's the same coffee even though it's not the, you know, my preferred method. So that was a chance for me to kind of reevaluate and reposition my role as sharing coffee with people and being ready to um, just, you know, be ready. And then what other note came to me was we all navigate the world differently different ways and that's an interesting thing that we do take for granted and you can't really appreciate this difference until you see how others uh, navigate the world and kind of what sparked this for me was I guess over the past hmm few weeks or so um, being at a new store I've gotten a few texts here to cover shifts from the uh, supervisors at my store and uh, manager as well and basically, the way I function uh, with phones and stuff is I have predetermined times where the phone is off and the phone is on, as well as approximate text times. So to divulge my secrets, uh, my phone is on do not disturb from 6, 7 p.m. to 9, 10 a.m. And... 
I'll check my phone. Uh, so right from 6 p.m., I will not check my phone. I'm just going to you know, not worry about that stuff anymore because it's right late in the day. Day's over. You know, no, nothing will nothing good will come from texting or messaging people late. Um, if we have a plan or we're going to meet up, then I will check my phone because that's just logistically right. Like it, it just helps bring the experience to fruition. Cool. Now, the interesting I've noticed is right. I'm getting, I'm getting texts early in the morning and this makes me think that lots of people, right? Because this, right. I can't be the only person who's experiencing this. I'm one person of a billion or billions, uh, getting texts early and I'm guessing, right, expecting a response or uh, something. I did not respond to the uh, most recent uh, ones, right? I was kind of on matrix mode from uh, my vacation, which is a new thing I've um, developed in the last year, right? When I'm gone on vacation, phone is off. There is uh, no messages being checked until like a day-ish after I return. So there is that. And... Uh, if you wanted to steal that idea, I would say steal. I'm trying to make that a monthly thing where there's a day, at least a full day of uh, no phone. Ideally, right? There may be like some checking, but like, right? Using your phones, like stepping away from that screen time and making time to like, you know, experience life. I did like a weekend day, right? Where we're putting that time aside to like pursue, you know, being human, etc. Um, so there is that. And then, right, the, the bigger concept being maybe once a quarter doing a, an extended like weekend, like I did with, uh, the farm and literally there was no service there anyway. Uh, the only way to get service was to use Wi-Fi. So everyone else had a phone anyway and could check stuff. And I didn't have to check anything. I was there. I was going for a walk, enjoying the farm, helping, you know, the fam do their stuff, do farm projects, you know, whatever needed help. So honestly, did I miss anything? No, I got to my messages in my predetermined time where I'll do a batch. Uh, another thing I do, I do batch my texts and stuff. So that's like, I guess also to clarify since it's sort of a, like a, a technological sort of, um, lifestyle episode rather than like strictly coffee. Um, Right, so minimizing, like, the time back and forth or, like, checking my phone. So other examples, like, when I'm at work, no, phone is off, phone is not checked. Uh, like, the only time I will check is if, if, like, I have a pertinent family thing or, like, something that requires, like, time-sensitive checking, I'll check on my break. But that's, that is an exception, not the standard. So for the most part, I will check all my texts and such um so i listen to headspace after work going to the gym gets to the gym and then pending like what time exactly i do all my texting and such uh then before i go into the gym and you say clavi oh well why are you doing like this because what people respond you're in the gym and it's like yes so the, the point of the reason i text right after work and before the gym is that it gives me a chance to like sort of let all the texts accumulate from the day and then I can respond to those. Then the gym is going to be like an hour and a half of, you know, just after going in, doing a little steam room exercise, maybe a little bit more. That's enough time for, right, for the most part, if they're free and needing, making a response, they can. 
so that, you know, I can basically check my texts after work and then I'll usually go home, not check any texts because, right, I can't really text and drive and it's like only, you know, 20 minutes to get home anyway. I'll make food and then on my walk, uh, I I found that to be a good time to, you know, process all those texts, see if any other ones came in, you know. Um, and then obviously, right, um, I have um, grown into this technique a little differently more recently, the past few months, that I used to be very strict with not doing like back and forth. Let's say someone responds like right away. Um, I found, you know what, if I'm on my phone in like one of these periods checking it and doing stuff and we're doing like a back and forth, um, yeah, so sometimes that's just how the communication will look, right? That's kind of a natural uh, way right when we were kids um, you know we kind of go back and forth just you know having that kind of conversation because uh, ultimately right it is a the texting is a tool to build sustain and maintain our friendships so right i can't i can have these systems but um as long as they're being used responsibly you know great power comes great responsibility uh, uncle ben etc so I guess this really came to head for me is because, right, I was l- pretty much off the grid intentionally for a few days. Um, and, right, sort of the, the lingering essence of uh, communications at work and um, how maybe I navigate the world differently. Uh, this is a quote I've stolen from my doctor friend. And, yes, yes, uh, she may never know how often I use this quote, but um, I think... It's a good way to surmise, summarize, summarize, uh, right? Just because you navigate the world in a certain way, don't assume other people. Um, there's so many ways this could be brought about. I've seen it brought up differently in like stoic stuff I read daily and like the daily like uh, journal kind of question stuff. Um, and right, ultimately, right, you being more accepting of just, okay, like for me, this is important. Okay, and that other thing is important for you. Cool, like if you like, if you want to be a workaholic, great. If you want to be an alcoholic, great. If you want to spend your time video gaming, great. If you want to, right, however you want to spend your 16 hours in a day, and we're assuming you sleep eight hours, and let's say you don't want to sleep eight hours, you want to spend 20 hours doing stuff and sleeping four, great. Do you. Do you, however that looks, that's your choice, right? If you want to love whatever, you want to do whatever, you want to like work whatever you want to eat whatever um so that's one other been another learning opportunity for me right kind of going back to the coffee part here uh, part of me was kind of being maybe a coffee elitist and you know trying to push on you guys like the um, you know the techniques that i prefer you know the, the fancier ones uh, but the machine is you know it it'll do the coffee it will taste different right you're using the beans like the principle is the same um Right, because you have all these companies making coffee for lots of people, and you logistically can't pour. Uh, well, Blue Elbows may pour or offers it, um, but most places, you know, obviously pour does take a few minutes. Uh, but I would, I would argue, from my experience, that taste is worth it. Most people, though, maybe just you know want the coffee, milk, sugar, run, go to the next thing, and that's okay too. That is okay. Or if they want to just. You know, mostly creamer, a little bit of sugar. Okay, however you want your coffee, right? My my job is to educate you that there are more and different flavors. If you have questions about the coffee process, you know, what are different coffees tasting like? You know, the African coffees versus this coffee, 
this brewing method, why is this one different? Why do they do this? How does it look getting the beans, which I'm going to learn going to Costa Rica? So it's sharing, um, being a resource, and not strictly pointing you in a certain direction. I can tell you what I prefer. AeroPress, pour over are my preferred brews. Uh, uh, Mochi Hotties is the French press, and he did serve coffee and was very excited this past weekend. Uh, my family knows he is a, you know, the newest member of our family and very excited to uh, be Mochi Hadi. Yes, you'll meet if you haven't met him. You'll you will meet him. He um, he's the um, the hedgehog on the front of all these episodes. Uh, yeah, so I did take a little pause uh, from that last bit, and um, that was just to kind of do some eating and stuff. And uh, yes, uh, the other thought I had while I was doing all that stuff and kind of, you know, give you another sort of ranting and raving of the Clavi's different uh, lifestyle uh, brigade is um, right in making making efforts to do what is important to you as well as uh, right having an open mind because uh, you don't know exactly what things will look like and to relate that back to coffee it's you know you don't know you don't know what a coffee is going to look like uh, there's coffee everywhere there's always something interesting to try um kind of had these thoughts floating around since the uh, holiday launch was last week i know hard to believe it's so early and the christmas holiday stuff is out People are going crazy, and it's uh, as you would expect it. Uh, crazy fun stuff. People just, you know, getting their stuff. The red cups haven't come out yet. Uh, marketing uh, did not have a at launch probably in a few weeks or so. And the Christmas blend, as great as I remember, been loving it. Uh, hands down, my favorite Starbucks. You know, regular. I regular, like readily available coffee aside from like reserves and uh, stuff at the roastery on the 16th, the reserve in New York city, at the empire uh, state building will open. So that is exciting and news I still have for you. I will be checking it out. I'll give a breakdown of that experience, what to expect um, from my managers uh, visit with uh, with other managers, it sounds like it's going to be similar to the the roastery uh, the, in um, New York City now by uh, Chelsea Market. This one will be right by the Empire State Building, three floors. I assume it's going to be fairly like touristy kind of thing, right? If you're going to the Empire State Building, oh, might as well check out the Starbucks. So, right, smart on Starbucks for, you know, taking advantage of the location. Obviously, the rent's probably extraordinary with three floors and the amount of space that they'll need uh, but you know at starbucks i'm sure plenty of people will right if you're going to the empire state building like why not go to the starbucks reserve and get a you know a special coffee or something as well as the more like better food then holidays are coming up i know thanksgiving is here in two weeks and christmas and all that's going to be in december so you know reminding you to take a the time in your schedules to, you know, maybe make those special treats for your family, enjoy all that stuff. Lidl does, in fact, have the German-styled sweets and stuff. Oh, baby, so good that my family's been having for years, so I'm very excited. I'll be sharing those at work soon. 
as well as everyone I know, yes, you're going to be getting one of the classic Clavi Bunta bags or Bunta whatever container I use this year. Uh, as inspired by my grandparents, it'll be uh, one year since they passed. Uh, so kind of in their memory and honor, I'll be continuing that tradition. Basically a, a bag of German sweets, treats, chocolates, uh, marzipan, marzipan. Uh, very good. Uh, so yes, don't... Don't be afraid to ask questions on what coffee might go best. I mean, any coffee will go go good, good with holiday treats. I'm sure we all have our own uh, family specialties and experiences and all that kind of stuff coming up. You know, holiday decorating, Thanksgiving stuff, Black Friday, Hanukkah, all the whatever holiday and stuff that you uh, experience. And yeah, and then after that, the year is up. So. That's kind of crazy. I was contemplating that this morning at the gym that, wow, it's, uh, you know, this year is coming to a close. Got to start planning next year, thinking about it, taking steps to make it, you know, whatever that looks like. And a little friendly uh, encouragement from me. The, yeah, you should um, try your best to do a yearly review. I know it's maybe not the easiest thing to do if you haven't been uh, keeping up to date on your you know, tracking or, you know, how you, you know, write down what you do. I do weekly, monthly and quarterly reviews. So it's right. Doing a yearly is kind of just looking back at those. Let's look at the whole picture, see how this year, what direction it was going and then look again for next year. Um, I guess the one change uh, among many that are a few that I'll, I'm thinking, uh, I can try and figure out direction for coffee for next year for me and to give you guys a little bit of a hint of where i'm going um i would like to go to japan right experience their coffee uh houses some of the you know top you know rated ones just to experience the coffee culture in the japanese setting obviously it'll be a little bit different than here with the japanese attention to detail and service so that's pretty cool then uh, the Seattle and Chicago roasteries, as well as maybe some other coffee spots. Those uh, would be good. Uh, right, And then going to Costa Rica. So the journey to my coffee tattoo is on its way. So that is cool. I mean, I'm pretty committed at this point. I've already told enough people. And right, coffee and Japan slash Japanese have had a big enough impact on my life. Uh, so I feel that... There's a pretty good story behind it too, right? It's like six, six or seven. I, I've, I've said seven, I've said six. Uh, six is the number of strokes in writing coffee in katakana. So there's that. Um, I thought maybe some of you might think as well, oh, why don't you kanji? No, it's a bit weird. Like if you're going to say coffee in Japanese, they're going to say kohi. Uh, there is a word. I, I forget what it is, but there is in fact a word for like coffee, like a Japanese word, not a, a loan word, uh, a kind of strange thing in uh, the language that they use a lot of borrowed words. Um, but you can always ask me about that. It's you kind of just make it sound a little Japanese, and that's the word. For example, like mm, banana, banana. Like right, it's you just kind of fit the sounds into the Japanese sounds which are you know pretty straightforward once you know them so there you have it 
Hmm. In terms of visiting other coffee places, yeah, whatever comes in the local area. Um, right, making sure we're educating people about coffee, uh, having tastings, sharing food, all that stuff. Um, if you guys have any suggestions of you know coffee stuff or things you'd like me to talk about or share more with you guys, I'm you know, more than happy to share that because I believe... Strictly speaking, I'll be a little more than half, not half, I'll have a half a year's worth of episodes by the end of the year. So by the mid point of next year, that would be a, a year's worth of podcasting. So that's cool. I definitely can look forward to that. I did apply to speak at the Coffee Fest. I have not heard back. I can check into that and see how that's going, going to Costa Rica, because that's exciting, learning more about, like, right, actual, like, the farming aspect and all that literal groundwork, uh, which, having delved more into coffee, I've, I wanted to, like, go to a plantation, but being being offered by Starbucks to witness that firsthand and, you know, be taught and shown by their, their team is um, definitely an experience that, uh, it's very unique and I wouldn't get elsewhere. Like obviously, right. If I was doing some kind of work with another coffee company or, you know, people offer that kind of experience, it might be similar. Um, Starbucks, right. Is a very well resourced entity. So I think the experience will demonstrate that as well as, um, right. This, the amount of stuff, knowledge they would want to give to the 800, um, you know, people going to visit. Uh, that gives a very unique opportunity to disseminate and you know give info to you know more people. You know, it's um, I'm excited, right? It's something interesting to learn and and see how that is, and then be able to like share that with you. I I do have an, already an idea, and I've you know learned how that is. You know, recent slides and you know the Coffee Master program, my own research, um, right? But seeing things, right, and you know work firsthand with your own eyes is a you know, big difference, right? If you want to go to Japan, like you can read about Japan all day, but like going there and seeing the culture, experiencing it, hearing it, absorbing that, you know, the vibe of just busyness in Tokyo, Shibuya, going to Shinjuku, whatever your, your spot you want to visit. It's, you can see videos all day on YouTube, which are which is good, right? That's I'm not I don't want to downplay the importance of the internet and the ability to learn. That's a that's a magical thing. A hundred years ago, wasn't an option. You just have to be like, oh, I I've read about this thing, and then you'd you know have no idea. Now you you have a better idea, and your expect the whole thing idea of expectation becomes a an issue. But nonetheless, it is a you know right tried and true thing, right? Like. If you do something, you really will learn. Like uh, you can read all day how to make chocolate chip cookies. The only way to, to really practice is to you know make make your cookies and you know let people try them. If they're good, I'm you know they'll be gone. So yeah, for me that's that's a little. I'm very excited then to all of a sudden share that with you guys and you know recount and be able to already give that half of the story better, like storytelling and sort of you know descriptions and describers and you know it's 
it's cool because right the the that back end is like a lot of work i know it's a lot of work because like i've read it and i've seen on the slides and stuff uh, that you know there's people who are literally like working like in the fields to get us the coffee beans that we uh enjoy every day and right it's it's a part of starbucks that right you don't see but it's like super important that starbucks can consistently get large amount of coffee because otherwise right there wouldn't be the beans for uh, making the espresso and right all that other stuff and right you wouldn't have your drink like even if you're getting like a white mocha with all the, the fixings of tiktok or whatever holiday pumpkin latte spice you know peppermint mocha thing right you're still getting the espresso so uh, regardless of the amount of sweetener coffee is in there um, so there is that too and apparently there's a new system coming, the siren something or other, where it will... I've heard a little bit more rumors, or more people talking about it, that it'll be um, making the barista's life easier. So, right, that's... Who knows what that means for, like, the local Starbucks that you go to. It could be a year or two or more before that comes. Um, but I'm sure they'll... Right dude in waves or whatnot right because i'll have to close the store to kind of like re um redesign the space and you know sort of add that um although it's interesting if you compare all the new locations like i've mentioned they are very similar so that is right that makes sense right they're kind of going on uh, copy and paste but more or less you know that's the sort of plan they're going to put in this location and basically it'll make money um, let's not forget Starbucks is in the business of making money, being profitable, and that's why they have all their systems and standardization and stuff so that it's right, replicable, replicatable, being able to be replicated, uh, um, across a lot of stores. It's, um, right, important for any business to be copied like that if you're like opening multiple locations because right then it's not the same thing you right and you go anywhere in the world you common macchiato is a caramel macchiato i've said this before um but right like i i've i don't say i've fallen victim to this but right i've you know i've ordered starbucks because i know it i know what to expect and what the taste right when i was in japan dark roast like i know i like that i would get it countless times i would do my you know internet stuff there i had um two starbucks that i went to in osaka um, one was near the, uh, Shin, uh, Osaka, uh, bullet train station, a little walk from there. Um, so that one I could actually walk to. Then there was another one that I would sometimes take the train into, or if I was in like Osaka city already, I would go there. So a little like kind of aside on Japan. So Osaka city and then Shin Osaka are like slightly different places. They're very quick to go to by train. Um, but like the city of Osaka is on one side of the river and then the other side is Shin Osaka. Um, what I noticed with a lot of like the Shin whatever, you know, place stations is that it's like usually the Shinkansen one cause they had the old like main station. Um, right. Cause you need like that, uh, flat land and like such for the, the bullet train to, you know, do its thing. So in Kobe, it's like actually really annoying to get from Shin Kobe to Kobe um although the kobe station isn't actually the main station it's like san nomiya 
uh, they have like Motomachi, which is like the like former like like literally means like former like town or whatever. And there's also like the Kobe and the uh, Hyogo um, tops, which it's Hyogo Ken, which is like the prefecture. Um, was it? I always thought that was kind of curious how like that just like how it it is uh, in Kobe, uh, Osaka. Like there is actually like Osaka like station. When I lived there, it was like redone years before I got there. So it was really nice. I was told, or after researching as well, that the previous one was like kind of small and stuff. So it's like a very, you know, fan, I guess you would say fancy, but nice uh, business -y or you know, modern metropolitan area. So a little Japanese um, info for you. Uh, so yeah, you have that. Osaka station, which has like Umeda, and then like further south is Namba, which are like the two main hubs. And then the Shinkansen would go to Shin Osaka. If you do go to Osaka, that's where you'd go. Then you change change, go to wherever you want to go. Uh, and then after that, you'd go to like Shinkobe, and then Akashi or Shinakashi or something like that is the next one. Uh, and then like further down, you go to like uh, Hiroshima. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I know. Who would have thunk you get a little Japanese, uh, not or Japan geography lesson today? Um, just a um, little, little info for you, because uh, that was where my my other Starbucks was actually in Osaka City proper to return to the original point, and that was closer to like Umeda slash the Kobe, not Kobe, the um, Osaka station. Um, so Umeda is like. By another, not the Japan Railways, like line. It's a private company, the Hankyu. So that would be Umeda, which is another like business district. Very like you could walk to Osaka Station, but Osaka is the one you would catch by the JR, the J uh, Japan Rails, uh, that is like government, whatever sponsored or whatever. It's like run like that, but they do have like that's a thing in Japan with the different rails as well. I could tell you more about that in person. It's like you know basic stuff. You could also Google. Um, but yeah, that Starbucks I went to was, you know, a walk from there. I would go there. I actually biked there like once or twice. Um, not exactly a far bike ride, but like it was over a bridge. But it was kind of nice to be able to like bike into the um, like kind of like, like a city and experience like that kind of stuff and that kind of vibes. That was kind of cool. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just here biking in Japan. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Then... Um, the other one I ended up going to more because I then ended up moving my bike to Kobe and biking around there because I was working there more. Um, that was one I could walk to literally from my apartment. Um, maybe like a probably 25 minute walk. Obviously, having Wi-Fi, I'm able to use that to like, uh, you know, access the world. So and then also when I lived in Japan, I did not have a smartphone. Uh, we're circa almost 10 years ago, uh, like like eight eight-ish um so right so smartphones were a thing um part of the issue was like getting a contract because like a two-year contract my visa was only one year so you couldn't get like the actual contract then the cost thing and then the smartphone um like i had one i just kind of ended up using wi-fi whenever i could which was like starbucks pretty much or when i was at work um so that was cool um Having, it was like, right, just a basic phone for texting and like, right, using a phone for like, a phone, right? Our phones are supposed to be for calling and texting people instead of 
accessing the you know the internet and all the information of humanity so there is that and that's um kind of relates back to like when i started this the discussion for you today about sort of how i use a phone now and it, it did in the back of my mind remind me of that time in japan obviously when, when i was in australia which we're talking like 12 12 12 12 12 ish years ago uh, I right had just a regular, uh, regular phone. Um, but yeah, Japan recently. Every time I've gone, I've gotten a SIM card. Just like it's like I don't know, thirty whatever bucks, like whatever nominal price of just being able to like use the internet. It, it's like right, it's worth it. Right, but you're just like yes, being able to like look at maps and just access stuff. Yes, yes, it's. I guess, right, like, part of me, like, doesn't really know the travel of, like, how it used to be where you had to really look things up, have maps, know things, or, right, just talk to people and be like, oh, hey, I'm looking for this. It's like, oh, it's it's over there. Whereas right now you can kind of just, like, yo, let me just look at my phone, right? And, like, the phone, in a way, like, stops human interaction. I probably could give a TED Talk about phones and technology, but, you know, that's not why we're here. Um, but... Yeah, if you if you do go to Japan, yes, just get a SIM card at the airport. You're you're good, or you can order one ahead of time. I think through Amazon or some maybe not Amazon, maybe um, you just Google it. It's easy, right? It's like another thing. You can just Google things. Um, like honestly, it's been very easy to learn more about coffee. Like if I'm wanting to explore different ways to make things, I can just Google, and then right brings you to YouTube for like French press stuff. And I've learned a, a few tricks from that. Uh, but honestly, at the end of the day, it's like once you know the main technique or method for coffee, there's not like that much difference for it, right? You can, you know, maybe change things up a little bit. Um, but I've yet to meet like a coffee nerd who is like more into like tinkering with those things. I, I'd be more than happy to like, you know, do that with someone. But right, this is like we're, we're like, you know, it's a different it's a different level of, you know experience compared to what we're used to right I, I could you know sample you probably like five coffees then you'd probably be like good which i found to be like the kind of upper limit for the tastings as i've mentioned before um cannolis was a great hit this past weekend with coffee coffee's always a hit um but yeah just like yeah imagine a world without smartphones so it's a question i i somehow randomly come back to a lot so I guess I can leave you with that. You know, what does the world look like without smartphones? When was the last time you remember not having a smartphone or like, you know, living that right? You can kind of remember those days and what things were like. Um, offshoot of that, because I had this thought too over the past week. Cell phones, smartphones rather, are very new um, in terms of a technology or tool, right? If I kind of look back when I got my first one, were probably like 10 years ago, right? Like I got one, like when I was in college, maybe like 2012. So maybe I got my first one 12 years ago. Like I, ha when I went to Japan in 2012, I did have a phone and I, you're right, all right. I had pictures and such. Um, so what, what, what's the point of this? And, I, and I'm, I guess this is sort of like more of like a technology and how it is in your life sort of episode. Um, yeah, so I, you're here for this today. You have no choice. <laughs> Sorry. 
not sorry. Um, so where was I going with this? Here's where I was going. That phones, cell phone, not cell phone, uh, smartphones, right? Having a computer in your pocket, be able to just check things instantaneously and basically everything associated with that. So it's like all the apps, all of the different things you could do at your phone, right? In terms of checking things, Googling things, um, messaging people for, right? Whatever purpose, just meeting people through like a meetup group, meetup or whatever kind of app to make friends or through Facebook or social like Twitter, Insta, now TikTok, or, you know, dating one of the, I don't know, I, I would say there's probably like 20 apps at this point for dating. Uh, same thing, right? Where under this smartphone umbrella, there's all these different ways we use these phones, but I don't, I feel like we were never really taught, right? Because we couldn't have been taught because like this technology was just developed as we were, well, I was an adult. So I've made an effort to be very conscious on how I use this thing because, right, I kind of grew up with this. I mean, I wasn't a kid. So, right, it's not, like, so deeply rooted in me that, like, I couldn't imagine life, like, without one. Uh, I can. Um, but, like, I guess this is something maybe our parents or the older generations, like, around that, right, we're talking 50 to, like, 70, how they started, like, in, you know, implementing phones into their life and, like, setting boundaries and uh, limits to, like, how, where, and when uh, this technology is used. Because it, it is technology, right? Great power, great responsibility, so to make sure we are using technology and not the technology is using us. Obviously, right, they're all listening at this point. So whatever they're, whoever is listening, wherever, right, doing whatever, I, I don't care. Like, right, I'm using my phone anyway. Um, can I turn anything, things off and they not listen? I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe not. Like, who cares? Like, right, if someone out there is trying to, like, gather information on, like, the, like, everyday person, okay, cool, like makes no difference to me i'm going to just live my life right the, f the power of technology here is right worth it i what I, I guess right like being able to like talk with people and like you know keep in touch with people that i i for me is like the primary reason for having this in my life that you know we even 50 years ago right we didn't have this ability to like make staying in touch with someone um so reasonable and doable on both parts now it still requires effort um at least on one side and obviously like if they're if both sides are contributing to the friendship right that'll make it even better um whereas 50 years ago right you had to write letters but let's say you move and you just you know, losing touch with people was more just a part of life and the way things go because just you know things happen now we do have the option to use this for for that as well as right info and all different apps and stuff and just you know making our lives more convenient you don't have to carry things you can get your tickets on here for things apps um you know old airplane stuff as well so in that way it's like cool right you can just put your credit card in your apps you don't have to carry a credit card um you can literally call i i talk with my host family from well from japan they live in australia now but I talk with them every couple of months and right. I, I've been able to maintain that beautiful relationship because of tech. So like for me, it's like I have definitely reaped the rewards of like that social aspect uh, from right. This, this smartphone thing. So 
And then in more recent years, I've been a little more mindful of how I use it, how often, when I use it, the rules I have, um, because it, right, it's so easy to just get lost in this uh, technology. So yeah, I guess that's a little bit of a ramble, a little bit of a ramble. But I think it's pertinent because, you know, we weren't taught or knew, right, how smartphones work, the effects of them, the effects of social, were 10 years later... Uh, we could probably, well, more that more for social because that's been around a bit more. Um, but right, knowing right the effects of like letting kids and young younglings um, be exposed to these. Um, so yeah, if I had kids, I'd probably wouldn't let them use phones, smartphones. I'd probably like. Maybe in like high school, kind of like me. I get well. Actually, that's when I first got a phone. But like, right? And then like, if you're if you're implementing these rules as the parent, you also have to like adhere to them. So it'd be like, well, I have my phone, but like I don't use it. I only use it at a certain times. And they'd be like, oh, dad only does this. Okay, right? Like, right? You have to live, uh, live through example. And right, obviously, like in general, but like it's even more important for if you have kids. So, yes, there you have it. Some parenting advice from a parentless uh, Clavi. But childless. I do have parents. Childless Clavi. Um, but I think it's just general good wisdom in general. So, you know, living by example and, you know, using that as the teaching thing. I, I did have a cool conversation about teaching with my uncle this past weekend. Um people learn different ways people teach in different ways and how can i apply that to teaching uh, people about coffee as well as educating them uh all right more specifically right as a barista trainer how can i right educate educate these people to be ready or you know how can i help them learn things and it stick in their mind right because that's the problem every educator faces regardless of the field whether that's right little kids or older kids or high school or no college kids um, right the the key or as i see it is for that teacher professor whatever right, it's all the same such educator to like take the knowledge from right like the pool and i guess the collective pool of like all right this is what this course is the textbook blah 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 and then get the, the students to understand it if the students aren't understanding well then we have to like see where might we be going wrong in like that diffusion? I guess another random. You're getting so many life lessons today for me, so you're welcome. I know this uh, is part of why you uh, tune in. So I will. Oh my goodness, we're already at 40 minutes. Wow, a little bonus this week because I was uh, off of the. How do you say? Um, off the grid, and then I was talking about that. So yes, there you have it. Um, think about how you live and there you go. Enjoy your coffee in the meantime.